Okay. Computer. I'll start the I'll play the uh I'll play the theme song. Did you guys hear that it's recording? It should say that it's recording. It's, yeah. It did say it, yeah. Okay, good. I just want to make sure that that came through. Oh wait, I'm not sharing my sound. I, I was already playing the theme song. I, That's okay. Hang on one sec. Um computer audio. There we go. All right. Um Let's try it again, baby. You guys getting that in the cans? Oh, yeah. All right. I can see you guys dancing. That's how you know it's playing. Okay, 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 okay. We're moving. This is a fast-paced episode. We're doing it. Boom, boom, boom. Bang, bang, bang. This is exit. Um, fuck. Uh... <laughs> I forgot. It. Exit music for for the podcast. Um, beard's looking good, Jake. What was that? So the beard's looking good. I know. I was just taking note in this thing. It's very very long. I also just got a haircut, um, mm. so it's like even more pronounced. I like it. Thank you. Um, which album are we doing this week? Kid B. I think we're doing Kid B. All right. Yeah. Cool. I wanted to say too at the outset that in the last episode, I had said that I thought of OK Computer as hi a hi honey. <laughs> I had thought of OK Computer as a double, not a double album, but like a spiritual um, predecessor to Kid A. But I had that completely mixed up. Kid A is a predecessor to Amnesiac, which we'll do after this. I guess they were kind of like recorded as like a double album, but then Radiohead just decided to submit them as two, um, you know, two individual albums, like nine months apart in terms of release. But that was my mistake because I thought of OK Computer and Kid A as like companion pieces when really Kid A and Amnesiac are companion pieces. That's okay. I'm I'm fine with that mistake. We all make mistakes. Um, can you add but, like a can you add like a <laughs> asterisk like liner notes to the podcast where it's like attention Charlie made a dumb mis uh, a mistake and incorrect comment on on this episode which he will correct in the in the next episode. <laughs> uh, I probably won't do that. I think it's okay, I, okay. I think it's all right. I also am pretty sure that we talked about that in the last episode that that was not the case because I remember. You, I think what happened in my memory is that we said that uh, OK Computer came out in 1997 and we were looking at the Pitchfork list of best albums from the 90s. And then you were like, oh, then Kid A. But I was like, no, Kid A came out in 2000. So I'm pretty sure that I thought that that had clarified it. It's possible. I, I felt dumb. So um, I just wanted to so get yeah, that I guess we'll in front of the, the episode. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, we don't have to spend the whole episode talking about what we said on the last episode, but in my uh, extensive Wikipedia research before this, Charlie, you're 100% right. They recorded all of the material from Amnesiac was recorded in the same sessions as Kid A. And then they were like, let's do a double. And then said, like, fuck it, we'll just do two different records. So, yeah, it was the same exact sessions. I feel like every band should do that. I feel like every double album should just be two. two no one albums. should ever release double albums. They are the worst yeah. idea for a band. I'm not like I've I've been saying this for years. It's never a good idea. Yeah. Are there any examples you can think of in like recent history or recent memory that that where that's happened? Big where thief? people released a double. 
Yeah, Big Thief. Wait, are you talking I mean, about that album? Released two separate ones. They should have released two separate, which uh, they did two years, which they three, did or, three or four years yeah. ago. And that those UFO F and uh, Two Hands, right? Those were about the same year. Yeah, I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers did it this year the right way too. They released two records that were recorded in the same sessions. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like that's just the way to go. It is. It's just, I mean, Donda should have been, I mean, maybe Donda shouldn't even have been released. That's uh, an argument for some people to make, I guess. Um, He definitely shouldn't have released a deluxe version that was longer. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bad idea. Yeah. Um, What are we thinking about? uh, What are we thinking about Kid A here? Chris, you, you, uh, this is, I think, an ongoing thing. You're threatening to destroy the integrity of the podcast through your text messages, which I'm not a fan of. And Charlie and I talked about this off the podcast. Um, I mean, it's not cool. So you got to keep the comments to the show. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, I was, I'll, I'll explain myself a little bit. I I (laughs) hesitated on sending it, but uh, I just felt like, uh, you know, I was discouraged after, after last, last album. And, um, I was a little bit discouraged after okay computer. I was wondering, you know, is Radiohead not going to be a thing for me that I, that I can really like and get into, uh, I did not find myself reaching for for them despite putting in hours listening to them. And I was extremely happy to find out that this album completely changed that for me. Wow. Uh, I love this album. It's great. It's really, really great. I love it way, way more than all the ones before it so far. Um, But I I also think it was kind of this was what my expectation was like going into it this kind of weird glitchy meditative but still creepy um kind of sound that that you hear on this you know more more landscape oriented and atmospheric um and then obviously tom york over top this song's a great example so incredible um, yeah uh, um I, I love it I really, really like this record. I think it's a great record. All right, Charlie, what do you got for kind of opening thought? Thank you for that, Chris. Appreciate yeah, yeah. the more more detail into it. So I was really Pretty excited, more. and that's why I was I was letting you guys know <laughs> that I was letting you guys know that that the light bulb had gone off, and I'm back, baby. Essentially, and, I, I, and I will say I was uh, upset to receive the text, but I was happy when I read it because I knew that I knew that after OK Computer, as you said, you weren't satisfied with the, this project as a whole. Um, so it was really nice to see that come in, um, but I was very much looking forward to this episode to kind of hear your your thoughts on it. Yeah. Greenwald, what do you got for this one? Yeah, so I mean, I think Chris and I, and this is, you know, I think narratively where the podcast is gonna take an interesting turn because I think Chris and I are like completely at opposite ends of the spectrum. So like I listened to this album and I, a lot of the time I was like, this is just not what I want. <laughs> like this this song I actually think is really cool. This first song, yeah. Everything in its Right Place, which is famously featured um, in the movie Vanilla Sky, which is a kind of a bad movie, but it features a scene where Tom Cruise, the premise of the movie is hard to explain, but Basically, it's like a guy going through like a weird reality warp 
where he doesn't know what's real and what's fake. And there's like a scene where he's running through the streets and his mind is playing tricks on him and the song is playing. And it's very appropriate and very eerie. And uh, I remember I didn't put it together. I kind of remembered the movie and the scene, but then hearing the song again, and I told you guys, I listened to this song. I listened to the first song in the next album before I listened, I listened to it just to kind of get a taste of what's coming next. And I remember like, man, this is a great song. Like I'm, I'm excited. And also this song is very synthy and keyboardy. And so like as a keyboard, um, excuse me, a synth player, a keyboard player, you know, I'm into that because unlike guitars, I can't really relate to what it's like to play that. And I, and so I do admire Johnny Greenwood and everything that he's doing, but like, I think it's really cool that Tom York is playing with pianos on this album. But after this song, it kind of veers off into like a super weird direction. Oh, yeah. And again, from like an impressed at their complete like boldness and experimentation, I do admire, I still admire the hell out of them that they just like don't care. And they're so indie and artsy and experimental. But in terms of like vibing with the record and like thinking of it as an album that I'm gonna return to, I can't say that the songs dug into me the way that the songs on OK Computer did, and definitely the bends, which I still like the most. I mean, mm -hmm. again, OK Computer, such an incredible and experimental album. Um, but there's some stuff here that I just could not like get into or vibe with. And uh, I think overall, maybe that's just because, um, you know, the, the, the aesthetic of this album it almost does sound the way i described it to someone was it does it does sound like the album is being sucked from the 20th century into the 21st century if that makes sense mm. like the album is almost this moving entity and you just feel it like slipping away from you all the time like as soon as you're close to getting a melody it's like yanked away from you and I think it's from a work of art standpoint, like it's brilliant, but in terms of like, how do I feel about this album in terms of, am I going to return to it? I'm not sure that I, that I will, cause it just unsettled me so deeply, which is cool that it was able to dig in and inspire that kind of feeling. But also like, I didn't, I didn't rock out to it or connect with it in quite the same way. Okay. I think I certainly land between the two of you. Um, I was extremely happy to see the the change in direction. Again, the same thing with those Chris talking about last week. Like you hear about Radiohead and you don't hear about them being a rock band as much anymore. Like, in, like the way that they're classified in genre, yes. But when people talk about them, you don't, you don't think about, like people don't tell you about their like sick guitar riffs, right? It's about like the experimentation and stuff. And like, okay, computer for me, was the peak of that where it was just such an incredible mix of like the Benz and Kid A, I think in my opinion, that like I really, really enjoyed it. But this was so much fun to listen to because it was just, I mean, even 20 years later, like people still can't really do this and people, a lot of people try to do it. I think like, I hear a lot of like Perfume Genius who I'm a big fan of mm. where it's just really weird kind of stuff. But then again, like the one song that I really did not like on this record um, is what like is what I feel so many people take away. The song um, Tree Fingers sucks, like in my opinion, <laughs> it's nothing. 
And I hate, I mean, and then again, like, this is what I always talk about. I bring up David Bowie on every episode of the show, but it's the same thing where like, you listen to Bowie's stuff now and you're like, oh, this sounds super dated. But then you think about it and he did it first and then everyone just copied him. So it sounds lame. So in my opinion, that song Tree Fingers is like, I'm just now as a music listener, I'm so sick of hearing airy, atmospheric chords played for three minutes. It's just the most boring thing to me because everybody does it as an interlude because when you're writing it and you build a synth, it sounds sick to you. But then when you're like, it doesn't, it's boring <laughs> to other people. So that was the one that like, I was like, can I, I but I, for again, for the integrity of the show, I'm not going to hit, I'm not doing any skips on these. I'm listening to it front to back every time. So I didn't skip it, but that's when I just got a little bit bored. And I feel like that's what like a lot of people do that shit still. And that's why I brought up Preferred and Gemas because like half of his record is that a lot of times. So you really have to like cherry pick <laughs> some of the things in his stuff. Um, but overall, I really liked it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. The experimentation was kind of like mind boggling and the way that they're they're using their instruments and like stuff that I, I've never heard before. So I, I really liked it. Yeah, I feel like this is the, to your point about Perfume Genius, like I, I hear this still a lot now yeah. in music that's coming out now. So like, I feel like that, this is what I was anticipating in terms of like when I hear that Car Seat Headrest was really influenced by Radiohead or like even Blonde by Frank Ocean, like I can really yeah. feel the kind of deconstructing of whether it's pop or rock and kind of making it this weirder sort of uh off-putting thing um that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable but also is unexpected and and new and and i don't know that's that's what i really so whenever a band says that they have a radiohead influence that's what i kind of look for and hear in it um so i was really happy to to kind of get some a more potent version of that um yeah yeah no i think it, but i completely agree with you jake so, I mean, I think you're in luck then because Amnesiac seems like it's just going to be this again, <laughs> which is good for Chris, but not good for Charlie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. This is where Radiohead starts to like run away from me in terms of my familiarity with the band. Like all the songs that I know basically came that they, they have their kid A and before and i can't I, I honestly don't think i know how any song goes on any of the preceding albums except for one which i only know because i heard a cover of it that i really liked but i don't even know how the original oh, yeah. version of it goes um so I, it's going to be interesting for me because i'll be kind of un, unpacking radiohead truly like flying blind you know again i was basically flying blind up until this point but like i'd heard fake plastic trees and stuff like that but yeah i mean and by the way what song is playing now is this the national anthem this is national anthem yeah yeah this song is so weird and different for them it's like jazz like a total jazz jam out and i think it is cool um you know all of this is cool like it's all cool it all continues a lot of the themes that i was that we've been talking about on previous albums of like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm boring. I'm recycling the same old lines, but like social alienation and anxiety and reliance on technology creeping and permeating further and further into our lives. Like all of that is there, especially. And again, I always talk about this too, like the album cover, 
which just like unsettles me. It looks like this marriage of like a mountain range, but then also like static waves, or I don't even know what to call it, like kind of underneath the mountains or colliding with it. Like it looks kind of like it has similar like kind of gradients and lines the same way that um, OK Computer's album cover did and that it's like kind of giving you this sense of like in motion, like things are in motion and like nothing is settled. And uh, yeah, so a lot of that is still there on this album, but I, I had a, a, a bit of a tougher time like connecting with it than I did on OK Computer. I think maybe because almost, and this is again how I approach music, but like the lyrics are slightly less of a focus on this song than the music is. And you can hear that with the fact that, you know, some of these some of these song titles, to me, you know, one is untitled, the other is motion picture soundtrack. That's like basically a recycled title from Exit Music <laughs> for a film. Another is the national anthem. I'm not really sure what that's supposed to mean. I just had a tougher time getting getting into it. And I feel like this was more of a like, let's challenge ourselves, let's have fun and make it more about like, you know, expanding our sound that necessarily yeah, Ch writing Chuck, songs. I, just to jump in real quick and like kind of validate your point, like the, the top 10 Radiohead songs, the first seven are all from OK Computer, um, The Benz and uh, Pablo Honey. So Great, like, yeah. yeah, so like, I think you're right. I think like in terms of songs that are digestible and straightforward and that are things that you can connect with, like I feel like the the albums before this definitely are stronger in that category. Like lyrically, you can hear him more clearly. You can connect with it more clearly. Like the riffs are groovier. Like this song is groovy as hell, but it's also very dissonant and, and weird. Um, I'm wondering, you know, kind of when you said that Radiohead gets away from you at this point in their catalog, I'm wondering because if you look at their top albums on Spotify too, it's OK Computer, Pablo Honey, The Benz, and then In Rainbows. And two of their top 10 songs, number eight and 10 on Spotify are In Rainbows. So I wonder if that is where they kind of find more of a balance like they did on on OK Computer. And that's when you'll you'll rejoin the, uh, the bandwagon. I almost feel like you have a band that at its outset is you know, and I kind of, at the risk of sounding like a blowhard waxing poetic, it's like, this is kind of the crux of a rock band. It's right. It's like, screw you. I'm going to do what I want. And Radiohead has kind of always been that way. Like they defied authority. They look like weird dudes. They write weird songs. Their lyrics are dark and brooding and they don't care about what the record label wants. And I really feel like it's hit this crescendo in like with this album where they've gotten more and more experimentative and on this album they're like we're gonna do we're gonna run away as far as we can from digestible songs and from fame and like mm. our fans be damned and because radiohead fans love that about them i mean there's songs that are still widely and hugely popular everything in its right place 100 million streams um idiot tech motion picture soundtrack by the way idiot tech was one song that i tried to 
I thought I was like, is this making fun of like the club scene and like techno music and how dumb and soulless it is? Because if that is what they're doing, then that is my that is my favorite song on this album because I appreciate <laughs> that. But yeah, man, I mean, I, I I more am like, I guess on this album, I was like, I get it. Like you guys really just fucking, you guys hate <laughs> writing songs for the masses. And, <laughs> you know, like point, point, point taken. Um, I definitely wanted to talk about Idiotech too. I really like that song. That was one of the standouts for me. It was a lot of fun. And then reading Wikipedia again before this, Charlie, you're exactly right. It, it was like, it's a, just a, he's making fun of all that shit. That's mm. the reason they made it. Uh, and that's the one where they use, I think, where they use like two different samples and like a drum machine. I think that was kind of the first one where they um, right. were kind of sampling things. But I think background, as we talked about, um, they hate themselves and the music industry and the band after every single time they play a show or record a song that no difference um at the beginning of this record they were sick of it tom york didn't even want to like touch a guitar um and then i think what i read on that, that was funny was that uh, ed o'brien was like sorry you can't wait to record this next record we're going to go back to the, like the melodic guitar songs and it's going to be great and then tom york was like you know I, I, we're not we're not really going to be doing guitars anymore uh, and the whole band like really wasn't into it and it took a long time for them to come around to working with synthesizers because none of them like played none of them were keyboardists and Tom York didn't know how to play the piano right so like they were like how can we make a record on synthesizers if none of us know how to work one so then they just Tom or and then Tom just kind of continued to like I think over like months continued to like just experiment and show these guys and being like look you don't have to know how to like play piano to be able to make this shit and like eventually they all came around to it and then even eventually like they came around to the idea that maybe they wouldn't be on a song right like maybe if there's no drums on a song or something like then he's just the drummer's just like philip selway just won't show up on that song right and like they had to like come around to that as well and then eventually it seems like they all kind of got on board near the end and that's why they kind of just produced just like so much that they had to split it into into two records that's what mm -hmm. i understood as the background wow I can't imagine convincing Radiohead, a famous rock band, that they're not <laughs> going to be able to do like their instruments anymore. I don't know. Like, I'll, I don't know. It's just funny. But then, but then again, it was like, then Johnny Greenwood then still played his guitar, but didn't play it like a guitar. He used, I think it was he just he learned how to use looping pedals and sustain mm. pedals and modulation and delay to still be able to play the guitar, but to make it sound more like a synthesizer. Right. That was oh, the okay. big thing from OK Computer, where like. The reviewer was like that i really liked was like they made an electronic record using guitars and i think they just like took that even further mm. on this one at least johnny did i think tom was just completely like i'm not going to touch any string instrument <laughs> yeah and it's interesting too because it's like i we talked a lot about this in the last episode you know johnny greenwood is so impressive yeah. on okay computer it would almost be like you know, like hearing a guitarist that you love. And again, I'm trying to find like a a good example of this in modern music. I think it's honestly really hard because there's not like a lot of guitarists that I'm like, oh, this guitarist, like he stands out in this band as being like the amazing lead guitarist in this band, right? But it's like, I'm using a bad example, but it's like Smashing Pumpkins, like listening to a Smashing Pumpkins album and like you don't hear Billy Corgan solo at all. And you're like, okay, like, this is really cool and different, but you're depriving me of 
this thing that I like absolutely was bowled over by in the last album. And you're like, you like that? Like, I'm taking it away from you now. Yes, yeah, yeah. They like relegate yeah. what they did most successfully on the album before. So like, yeah. oh, you really like that part. All right, we're definitely not doing that. And they just That's keep really doing true. it. That's a good <laughs> so way of putting it. That's Rele a really good way of putting it. Yeah, relegating is perfect word for it. Um, that also just reminded me, um, uh, I was taking a walk around my office the other, like last week and some guy rode by on his bike and he had like a speaker and he was playing music out loud and the song he was listening to <laughs> was uh, Like a Stone by Audio Slave. And all I can fucking hear was Charlie just going on the podcast last week. Bow, wow, wow. <laughs> that was like when he rode by. That's all I fucking heard was. And I just pictured Charlie doing the hand motion that he was. And I just like was laughing about it just for like hours. I also think it's Be Yourself, not Like a Stone, right? Oh, that's the name of it? Isn't it Be Yourself? That's on Be Yourself. Is on. Or is it Like a Stone? I mean, I don't know Be Yourself offhand, but Like a Stone is the song with the shitty guitar solo wow, that, wow, ruins, wow. that ruins the song for me. Yeah. <laughs> I always yeah, like, I like want to buy the stems to that song and like remove the solo and just have Chuck do it and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put his mouth. I mean, yeah. that's, that's like the absolute granddaddy example of like a bad guitar solo in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a guitar player, so like whatever. Maybe for guitarist, funniest, you're like, oh, I mean, that's the best. Cool. When I was younger, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, and I hadn't really thought about it in my adult life until you said it last week, and I'm like, yeah, that does really suck. <laughs> I mean, Tom Morello is when he's playing with digestible sounds, he's one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Yes, like his sound and the way he just just like bow now you know he hits these amazing notes and he just like it's so chunky and it's so funky and it's you know he's got incredible command and he's super experiment he's super experimental but on that song which is like a beautiful sad song about a guy who seemingly to me is like waiting for his love who may never love him back i'll wait here like a stone for you like i'm not going anywhere you are the love of my life and then it's like Chris Cornell, maybe the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful vo rock voices of all time, yeah. in my opinion. And then like the solo comes and it's like, <laughs> wow, 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 And you're like, oh, this just took me out of whatever emotional place I was, I was in. So, But yeah. then you're right, because then songs like, uh, I think it's Doesn't Remind Me. Tom Morello plays like a straightforward guitar solo and he's absolutely shredding and he sounds like incredible. And it's great. Shredding. Or and like it works like, on that song totally or listen to like you know show me how to live where like that song's yeah. so amazing and he's yeah. like this whatever he's doing on the guitar there it's kind of within that realm more yeah. of like bang, oh, he's, playing, he's playing oh, notes wow. yeah yeah he's playing notes and it's less like here's what i can do with my with my distortion board like i don't i'm not a guitarist i don't even know what it's called like a, a pedal yeah. board whatever pedal board I, and i think the interesting thing about audio slave and rage against machine too is that like Tom Morello, obviously, like he's like two different guitar players. He has that ridiculous solo thing where he just makes these insane sounds with his guitar and like cool as a, as a thing. But then at the same time, like what you just said with like uh, show me the that him and Tim Comerford, the bass player, yeah, those guys are two of the best at writing riffs. Mm -hmm. Like totally. that is a yeah. fucking riff. 
and like they both play it and it sounds incredible right so then like tom has that whole thing where he's great at soloing and inventing new sounds but then also he can write just the most sick guitar riffs that like you've ever heard in your life totally yeah and, and, and you know it's really funny man like when you i'm gonna marry the audio slave discussion to the radiohead discussion in that like tom morello was in a funk rap group called prophets of rage i think was the name of the <laughs> that's yeah that's it and they released an album that was like super political where he was playing a lot of his music and i remember thinking to myself like this is kind of like rage against the machine but and again this is i'm showing my fandom of rage against the machine and audio slave here but it's not quite as good as rage and audio slave because i just i love zach de la roca I think he's one of a kind. I love okay. Chris Cornell. I think he's one of a kind. So I remember thinking to myself, like, all right, this is cool, but it's kind of the same old Tom Morello. With Radiohead, right? It's this natural part of life where you like something you love maybe changes and you have to kind of evolve with that. And like I've loved what Radiohead did on the Benz and OK Computer so much. And I was kind of blown away by how much I loved their music. That like, it's almost like watching this band, you know, like listening to Kid A, it's like, all right, like they, I have to just kind of roll with them mm. and as they grow and evolve. And it may not be as much of my style, but at least they're not doing the same thing worse. They're doing something completely new and different. And even if it's not for me, I, res I do respect and appreciate that. Cause there's a lot of time with bands where they do like, the same thing, but differently and worse, like Prophets of Rage, which again is not quite as good as Rage Against the Machine. And I found myself like wanting, you know, not not quite buying into it the, the same the same way. Um, and that's like it's part of part of life, you know. It's like it's that's what makes like Radiohead cool. Even if I didn't love this album as much, is that like you literally don't know what they're going to give you. And they're so unpredictable that way, which is really, which is cool. Even if it's not melodic, it's cool. Yeah. I wonder like if I would have listened to this record 15 years ago, like what, what, what would I have thought I mean, 10, 15 years ago? Like, what would you, I think, what would I think differently about it? I probably would not have, I probably would have liked the earlier stuff. Cause I used to just love guitar solos and like people just riffing and doing awesome stuff. Now I like this better because it's, different and more experimental and i feel like uh, i just i just have such little patience for guitar solos these days i don't know why like it's changed so much i used to love to hear a guitar solo but now i'm just like all right buddy let's go i will say the exception to that rule the new titus andronicus record patrick stickles rips like some insane solos and I, for some reason i'm so there for it i still gotta like, listen to that one the song an anomaly is like the one of the big like centerpieces like the, there's two seven minute long songs that's one of them and he just rips this solo that's just like oh my god and there's like there's a couple songs that don't even have like vocals and it's just him ripping solos and i like it so that's what but then again like i i'm not generally i'm not into it so i i do wonder like if i would have listened to these records earlier what like what would i have what would i have kind of thought about it but can't change the past my guys i've really come to value like meditative music i feel like that is what i use music for the most now it's kind of just like either reflection or like processing or relaxation or like whatever uh so something like this where it kind of leaves the blanks more 
blank instead of like giving you that templated song, kind of giving you more space for interpretation. I tend to lean toward now, I find. Anything where, yeah, you can kind of project your own feeling onto it a little bit more, uh, I tend to lean toward. So I feel like this 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 direction. Uh, where do you think that comes from though, Chris? Not to sound too much like a therapist, but like, where do you think that comes from your desire to like, listen to music that's more meditative right now at this point in your life? I don't know. I think I just, there's just not much for me. I don't, I'm someone who doesn't give myself a ton of like alone time. Like I really like being around people and stuff like that. I'm busy as hell. Like I, I but I do that to myself. Like that's kind of how I like it. Um, so I think music has kind of evolved as like a place for me to slow down and be by myself for a moment and kind of like, whoa, like chill and just be here for this moment and like think about think a little bit, just think clearly, think for yourself, reflect. Um, so I think it's kind of naturally come to fit that role for me because I, I, I am hard pressed to find it elsewhere in life. Um, but yeah, if that makes sense. Makes sense. And you also got very into that type of music when you were in school because you were studying to that a lot, right? Yeah, I feel like for like two years, I, I listened to mostly instrumental music. Rangbin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And during COVID too, like, I feel like during COVID, I dialed up calming, meditative music, happy. I had very low tolerance. But then right when COVID, when we were kind of coming out of COVID, I remember really getting into like, flying lotus and like stuff that was just more like kind of chaotic and weird because i was like excited and like park at courts and yeah so i think it really does depend on on mood but i feel like i've permanently been pressed with this like love for for meditative music which can also be like hardcore i, I don't know i guess it kind of can be any genre but uh i feel like most yeah. plainly it's this kind of weird spatial place like on this record so i was like yes <laughs> yeah. that's yeah yeah that's it's so interesting man i mean I, I think i've talked about this before we we touched on this early in the in the uh earlier episodes of the podcast but like what is it that you want out of music right and like i talked about how when i was training for my marathon for a long period of time i was listening to like heavy metal and really hard rock like cool. tool nine inch nails you know like Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, um, stuff that that I could run to. It made me feel like I could run through a wall. And now I'm so, I've had such a stressful year that a lot of the music that I'm gravitating towards is like music that doesn't make me feel more stressed out. That is like an mm. escape for me. And so I've been listening to a lot of jam bands. Mm. And so maybe that's why like on this album, I just was like, I, you know, that meditative quality that you have, that you're finding in this album, maybe for me, because it was so experimental and dark, like mm -hmm. I just couldn't quite lock in on it that way. And it's like the last albums, you know, the last few albums have kind of been that way. I mean, Apollo Honey, I just didn't like it. The Benz, I did like it, but it had more uplifting, some uplifting, kind of chord structures and melodies to contrast against the overall like darker lyrics. And then, okay, computer, I thought was just kind of like, okay, this is getting dark. It's definitely getting darker, 
but like there's a lot of rocking out that I can do on this album, you know? And then on this album, I think it was more like, the, there's a little bit more gloom to this one and it's meditative gloom and experimental gloom. But that's what's so interesting about Radiohead is like you can, you kind of approach them in different ways and like you have found a meditative quality almost in this like very unsettled shifty music because it forces you to like pay attention and lock in on what's going on it's almost like this it's like commanding like look how weird we can get and look at what we're going to do we're going to take you right and then we're going to swerve left and we're going to go left and then we're going to swerve back right and are you comfortable because we're going to do a jazz jam session now and then we're going to do this like really kind of like you know, more, more acoustic-y song, How to Disappear Completely. And then we're gonna give you Tree Fingers, which is essentially just like sound as you drift through the void. And it's like, you don't have a second to like, you can't like, I don't know. I feel like you don't have any seconds to like orient yourself and how you respond to that feeling kind of will inform how you respond to Radiohead on any given day. Yeah, you do kind of find something new in it every time you listen for that reason, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I but, definitely was, like, picking up. Even today, like, I listened to it for, like, my, my final listen was this morning. And uh, I definitely, like, heard a bunch of shit that I never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Should we do Fandometer? Fando? Yeah, you want to do fan Fandometer and then you want to get out of here? I don't think we need to do uh, background for the next record because it's the same. Yeah. We can just Agreed. make something up about maybe maybe some things happen. Maybe they got upset about something in between. We can talk about next episode. But um Fandometer, Chris, do you have the numbers? Yeah. Do you want me to give them to you or do you want to do you want to go blind? I guess it's well, not I, fair because I, I got I need mine. to know where yeah, I need to know where All I right. was last time. I I'll say I jumped from a fifty-five percent to a seventy-five percent. For this record? Uh, yeah, I think I am I am definitely a radiohead fan. Wow! All right. Because of this record, and I think seventy-five percent denotes that. I think that that means fandom. All right. Um. Yeah. Okay, Jake, you're you were at an eighty percent. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, that's what I that's what I kind of remembered. Um. I, again, I don't I don't know how the fandometer works necessarily. So I'm just kind of <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're learning as we go. <laughs> we invented a system that we don't understand how it works um it's kind of taken it's like it's kind of taken on a life of its own at this point um, yeah but it's we'll, our own we'll, construct it can mean it whatever is, we want um it's kind of it's <laughs> running away with itself um so i was at an 80. uh i think i'm only going to go to an 85 and that is simply because okay computer was such a huge jump for me that like i was already a big fan and this didn't like I was already a big fan. Like, so I feel like from now to the end, this is why the Fandometer, I think I fucked it up a little bit because now I'm like already pretty high. So like, I <laughs> yeah, can't really do, I can't run away. So like, I think that like, I'm going to go to 85 because this, I still did, this record made me like them more, I would say, um, because it was again, like a new direction to what they were doing, some new sounds I've never heard before. But like, I'm already a fan, so. <laughs> I'm at 85. All right. That's totally fair reasoning for that. What was my number? I don't remember. Chuck, you were floating at a 75. You went 30, 60, 75. Okay, I'm going to stay at my number, All I right. think, because that's a good I didn't dislike this album at all. It just didn't add mm. to me 
and I, I am impressed with Radiohead on this album, but I was incredibly impressed with them on the last album. So I feel like the only thing that can carry me higher from where I am at is more experimentation that also checks that box for me of like songwriting that I can mm. really connect to. And then the only thing that could bring me down for 75 is experimentation that just does not work for me or I don't yeah. understand it then also doesn't check the songwriting box. So I think cool. I'm staying where I'm at. I like that angle you took, Chuck. I definitely anticipate myself using that I'm going to stay or I even can. I mean, I don't I don't know the other records, so I don't know, but I can see a world in which I would subtract, I think. And that's uh, how I'm sure. viewing. That's how I'm doing the Fandometer. So I guess we're all on the same page about the Fandometer then. It took us four yeah, weeks, yeah. but we're here. I also I mean, want to. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, I, at the sake of not knowing how to do statistical type things, uh, the the range has changed from 25 because my I was at a 55 and Jake was at an 80 yeah. uh, last week to now only being 10 between 85 and 75. So we're, we're all we're kind converging. of coming together in that sense, yeah. yes. It's interesting, though, because there's all different points for us to get where we are, which I think is mm -hmm. pretty fun. Because um, Charlie was a big Ben's guy, was an OK guy. Chris is a uh, Kid B. Kid C, I guess we should start. Well, both of you guys, I guess, Kid C, right? <laughs> kid Chris, Kid Charlie. Um, it feels like we've been doing this podcast for 10 or 12 years. This is episode four um, <laughs> of nine. I don't I, I think the, the coming I mean, the rest of this year is going to be tough. I know Charlie's going to be out of town for a bit. And then the biggest curveball is that we have the car coming out on Friday. So I feel like we might want to do an Arctic Monkeys podcast instead of doing a radio. About it <laughs> That's a good point. And take a week off. But then that would push, because then I think Chuck's pretty much gone from the beginning of November till December. So then that would push Amnesiac until at least like December 15th. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't yeah, know how I mean, we want to proceed. I think what we could, yeah, I mean, Chris, you, you want to go first? In terms of what? How, what I'm thinking logistically about this? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I have gonna, no idea. I mean, I was going to say that I'm down to review the car, but if the priority is getting the Radiohead episodes done, we can just yeah. like tack on a car review to the end of whatever episode we do next, which I guess is Amnesiac. Well, we can do it, but we can also just do, we don't ever have to necessarily, like there's no rush to do the car either. Right? That's like, true. We can do it later if we want. So what, totally if we, true. what if we take this as an opportunity to kind of digest all of the records and listen to Radiohead like as a whole of what we've, and then kind of revisit it it will it will definitely make the podcast take longer to record but next episode could kind of be like a okay i've listened more to to each i don't know i don't think i understand <laughs> so taking yeah, like between a... between now and when chuck gets back to listen to all that we've listened to thus far and just kind of continue digesting it and eating at it and seeing what what has kind of changed for us okay uh, i got or, it i think sorry no, no, I don't know if that's dumb. I, no, I, I think that's a good idea. I think the only thing I would love to do Amnesiac before we do that, because I think okay. Amnesiac closes a chapter off at least, right? Let's so do, do it. you think we can get an Amnesiac in before like around like maybe Halloween or like the first of November around there? And, like, I yes. do. 
and then because, maybe we take that that time period until Chuck gets back, and then we come back in December and we do. Uh, shit, we also need to do albums of the year. We got a lot. Of, we got a lot to do. <laughs> All yeah, right, that that week, November seven, eight, nine. I could probably do a podcast because I'm flying out on the tenth. I'm gonna have to pack, but like on seven and eight, I'm just gonna be kicking it in my house. I don't have like plans or work or anything. So I could definitely do that um, and def or around like Halloween, you know, maybe a couple days beforehand. We can definitely fit in at right. least one episode before I go away and then we'll just take like a break. And what I was going to suggest was we I think we can honestly. I mean, it's just my opinion. So you guys can totally refute me and say, fuck you, Charlie, if you want. But I think I like we can do that. I think we can do Amnesiac as like a one off episode. And then at the end of that, take stock of like, we're halfway through Radiohead. How do we feel about it? So we combine the Amnesiac yes. analysis with the halfway yeah. through. Then after I come back from India, we can do a end of the year records of the year slash Arctic Monkeys podcast. Cool. Where we tackle that. And then starting in January and into February, we can do the final for Radiohead. Oh, okay. Okay. I like that a lot. So yeah, we'll, we'll do Amnesiac in the next couple of weeks and then we'll be done with Radiohead for the year. Yeah. Essentially. Wow. We'll be halfway okay. through. Yeah. Well, we're more than halfway through because that'll be, they'll only Five be four records. Yeah. That's right. So we'll be more than halfway through and then we'll just take the back half of the catalog in, in 2023. Wow. Exactly. And we'll fit a few this episode's gonna. Does anyone want to guess when this like podcast is gonna actually launch? It's got to be like April, right? <laughs> I was gonna say March first, yeah. That, but I guess that's why I was gonna say we. Sense. Yeah, I was gonna say if we were doing it week to week, like it would be fun to be like car instant reaction. But like yes. we're not gonna get it out on time, and so, um, you know, there's no. It's not a time sensitive thing. The reaction to that uh. album. And I'm worried too because I remember when, when, uh, I mean, this is why I feel like I'm such a armchair expert music critic because, like, when Tranquility Base came out, I've said to you guys, I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't like this at all. We did a podcast about it. Yeah. And now, and I was I like, what? I was like, what is this? And now I'm like, okay. And like, with time, I've appreciated it much more. Me too. So it's tough sometimes, like, in the moment to, to react to something, you know, when it's such a band you're so close to and you like a lot, but that has recently had like not done your favorite stuff. And so you're like ready to be super critical, you know, like you yeah. didn't love AM. Review, and, reviewing so. an album, like in the first week it comes out, like, like blogs do is so dumb, but I read them all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it, 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 I think you're right. It truly takes time. Yeah. Like, but cool. But it's so funny too, like with imploding the mirage. Like I don't know how you guys felt about that album, but like I remember I heard it and I was instantly I was like, "This is great!" Like they the singles they released were so yeah. up my alley. Um, but I I remember I kind of just loved the singles and like the rest of the album for me is like pretty good. But I remember it was like I probably overreacted because I just yeah. loved those first three songs. Um, caution my old soul's warning and those fire. songs are awesome yeah and those songs are so amazing um but it's like you're so right chris it's like you know it's it's good to give like a quick take it's like oh wow this is the new direction i think i really like it 
but you got to sit with it for a couple weeks or a couple months to see how you feel, which is what's so yeah. great about this podcast is I'm listening to these albums over and Both over and it. over again over the span of two, three weeks to really kind of coalesce an opinion on what I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'll agree. It's probably best to give us some space on the car because I mean, the singles even took me a little bit to come around to. And I think just to tack on what you said, Charlie, I think a lot of times when bands release new records, um, if it sounds like they're old shit, I love it right away. And then I don't like it later on. Yeah. And if it does not sound mm. like they're old shit, I hate it right away, but then love it later on. Mm. Right. right. Like Tranquility Base, I was like, this is nonsense. This is absolute garbage. <laughs> and then like now I'm like, I'm like, this is amazing. This is great. And then even like the last, not the most recent Killers one, but like the maybe the two before then at the time, I was like, these are awesome. This is exactly what I want. And now I just don't even touch them anymore because like it sounds like they're hot fuss and I like hot fuss better. So I'm going to listen to hot fuss. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, Instead of wonderful, wonderful. Like, but yeah. Exactly. And that happens with a lot of bands, way more bands than I feel like, you know, I feel like it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting too. Like, I mean, you have to think, there's just so few bands for me now that I love that it's like the Arctic Monkeys coming onto the scene with a new album for the first time in whatever, five years. Like, I'm going to be very critical of it especially because I for sure I the last two albums right like am loved it but it was super commercial tranquility ended up loving it but was like what is going on in this album it felt like a solo album to me in a lot of ways so like I'm just so hopeful that this one is like back to what I love about about them but I know it can be it's probably going to be very different from what I expect and more loungy and like the, the songs that you sent I'm excited for it, though. I mean, I was listening to Humbug the other day and like I caught myself saying, man, I wish Alex Turner still sang like this. And then but then a second later, I was like, why? Why? You have Humbug and you can still listen to it whenever you want to. And it still is great. Like anytime, many times I listen to it, I'm still going to love it. Like it's cooler for them to change it up <laughs> again, because then I get to like have something new because I still have the old stuff. Exactly. Uh, no, it's such a it's such a good point. You mutter things to yourself all the time when you're listening to music. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, I, I'm, I'm listening to a song and I'm like, wow, this song is so good. And I do that all the time. But then you have to, that's what's really interesting about music is like there's macro and micro levels to it. It's like, I love this part of this song. And then it's like, I love this song. And then it's like, I love this album. And then it's like, I love this era of the Beatles. And then, <laughs> you know, you can yeah. zoom out further and further and further or zoom in as much as you want, you know? Like, I love the I love the bridge in Knee Socks. Like, that song is incredible, and the yeah. bridge is incredible. Great bridge, great bridge. You know, Josh Homme. It Hami, is a good bridge. Whose yeah. name, we should have a podcast on how do you pronounce Josh Homme's name. Three different episodes where people campaign aggressively for <laughs> the right way to pronounce the name. But then it's like, oh, like I step outside of knee socks and it's like, do I want to know? And are you mine? I love those songs. But they also like introduce the band to millions of new fans who now make it impossible to get, you know, affordable tickets or merchandise. Oh, and by the way, you know, like, you know, that put them all over the map. And I kind of thought I was like the only Arctic Monkeys fan. And now I'm one of yeah. gajillions and gajillions yeah. and they're not as cool to like anymore. You know what I mean? And it's like, so the context shifting around music is always in motion. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting about 
the time that we're in now and like how to review music because people want to throw hot takes right away. It's not that simple. And then I'm like, do I not like AM or do I just not like that line about the coffee pot? Because I listen to AM and I like all the songs. And I, do I, am I just attached to this one little thing that annoys me and I'm completely throwing away the whole record when all the other shit is great? Like, that's like, again, that's the flip side of like, you lat- I latch on to these things that I think are dumb. And then I'm like, the whole thing sucks because of that coffee pot line, right? Like, like and it doesn't suck. <laughs> you got to tell me what's the full coffee pot line. I need to hear you say it. I don't. I honestly don't remember. I just know it as the coffee pot line. I think it's if you, <laughs> if, if you, you like, like your, coffee, your coffee hot, let me be your coffee. Yeah, pot. yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And then I'm like, you know, I don't really like AM that much. <laughs> that is but then rough. I listen to the bridge on these socks, and I'm like, I do like AM, right? Like exactly. Yeah. The bridge on these socks is incredible. Should be in the Rock Hall of Fame. The bridge on these. Socks. I remember Chris that you talk. You talked in the podcast that we did about secret door and you were like this song just has everything i love about the arctic monkeys in one song and like that's what i think is cool about music is it's like one song can encapsulate the entire discography pieces that you liked before pieces that you Mm -hmm. liked that were yet to come you know it's like that's what's so cool about music is it's all it's all kind of informing each other you know, what comes before and what comes behind informs what's happening now. And that's something I think is really, really cool. Um, and that's why I think it's cool when we're doing when we're doing Radiohead in this chronological order like that. It enables yeah. us to, to like grow up, not grow up with it, but like, you know, travel. With grow it. old, potentially yeah, grow, grow old with it. Depending on by the, by the end of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, by the end of this podcast, we're gonna be 96 years old. <laughs> the end of this episode i'm well into my 30 yeah chuck you're making me nervous because you said a hard seven o'clock stop yeah, it's hard, yeah. no no I, I do have to go i i, I mean I, i've just had like an awful work day and i've had so much other stuff going on you can probably hear it in my voice i'm i'm just like very tired but um but yeah this was a great episode i think and a really good analysis and i'm looking forward to the next one yeah all right so we'll try to squeeze it in uh end of the month or early uh november and then We'll kind of put Radiohead to bed for the year. Yeah, and I think a year-end podcast where we do the car plus, like, oh, this is what we really liked from the year. That could be really fun. I've ranked 88 records this year so far. Um, On what? I, I've been trying to listen to as many new records as possible and giving it rankings. I was going to try to make a top 50 for this year, but wow. there's just a lot of good ones. Um, oh, my so God. I, I, think I, I think I'm at like 80. There's 88 records that I've I've rated so far. And there's a bunch of other ones oh, that I listened to that I just decided not Jay, to. Jay, can read. you pass things along? Please pass stuff along. I feel like I've done a decent job, but I, you know, if there's any that are particularly exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can, I can share them. you on my list. Um, Hooray for the Riff Raff is my favorite record of the year so far, followed by Kevin Morby, which is funny because I'm not wow. really into folk music and both of those are technically kind of folk records, but. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, Eager to hear you talk about them when we do the year end. I won't go through all 50 or all 100 on the, I'll just do top 10 on the show. Yeah, top 10 sounds good. All right, boys. Wanna, all right, wanna guys. close out here, fellas? Yeah, yeah. Great episode. Right up. All right, Charlie, send over the recording when you're good and we'll get it, uh, we'll get it queued up. Absolutely. All right, boys. All right. Good night. Good night. Go Nets. Yeah. <laughs>